Amen, amen. Good morning. Man, let's try that again. Good morning. Good, morning. <laughs> Good to see you today. We're glad you're here in person. Or if you're joining us online, welcome home. We're glad you're here. And if you're new this morning and we haven't met, my name is Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're so glad you're here today. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads. In fact, if you're a dad or you're a dad to somebody, would you just stand real quick? We're not going to embarrass you, but we just want to celebrate you, all of our dads. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. We appreciate you and we love you and we celebrate you today. At the same time that today is a happy day for many, it's also a tough day for some. And so today, if it, today you're missing your dad or today's just been a hard day for you, we want you to know that we're praying God's grace and his blessing over you um, as you navigate today. We're actually wrapping up a series today called Kingdom Values. Say that with me. Kingdom Values. And it, we're, we've been examining the Beatitudes um, in Matthew chapter 5. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And then just a quick reminder for maybe new folks or for those who maybe haven't downloaded the Church Center app. If you download the Church Center app, all the message notes and slides and everything are there. Not just for this week, but in the past too. You can go back and look at. So we encourage you to do that. But we've been in this series called Kingdom Values, examining the Beatitudes. And we've been looking at some very important things that Jesus talked about. Some things that he valued, some, some eight, specifically eight attributes when he's talking from the Sermon on the Mount. He said a bunch of stuff on this Sermon on the Mount, but there, there's eight things that we looked at over the last few weeks. We're wrapping it up today, and Jesus is talking about these things. The context is Jesus sees the crowds, and he goes up on a mountainside, and he sits down, and his disciples, they come to him, and he begins to teach them. He was, he was always trying to teach them. In fact, Jesus had a purpose and a mission that while he was here. He wasn't just wasting daylight, just doing, you know, just living. He had a purpose, and his purpose was to teach and model the kingdom of God to everyone that he came in contact with. And he recruited these 12 guys that he, that he called his disciples to be kind of the ones that would help start the church and, and to be there after he left. So he begins to teach them. And he says this, you know, I don't know how much silence there was before he started speaking, you know, if he just kind of waited for everybody to hush because everybody's gathering in and he says this. You know that person in your life that they don't speak all the time, but when they say something, you're listening. You have, they have your attention. Obviously, Jesus was that person. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And each, each one he says blessed. And just a quick reminder, blessed means happy or content. Say that with me, happy or content. So he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit what church? The earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be they will be filled, he says. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. He says, and this, let's read this together because this is what we're talking about today. This is the last one. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of 
because of righteousness. He goes on to say, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now listen to this. He says, blessed or happy or content are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. And the next three words we're going to read is the most important part of this whole thing that he's trying to get at when it comes to being persecuted. Let's read it. Because of me. So Jesus lays this out for them. And then he says this, which is kind of a circuit breaker because he's telling them essentially, you're going to be insulted. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to face trials and temptations. You're going to go through some hard times. In fact, maybe today, if you're watching online or you're here in person, you can identify with hard times, suffering, trials, all kinds of things that you deal with. You can, you can identify with that. And those are heavy things. And then Jesus says this. Not only are you going to face these things, but he says rejoice and be, what does he say, church? Glad. He says, be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Well, why? Well, he says, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So today we're looking at this last beatitude. It's called the persecuted. Say that with me. The persecuted. Now, some of us, you know, are new to church. We haven't been, maybe this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in church. Or, you know, you haven't been coming very long. I actually grew up in church most of my life, and when I would read this passage of Scripture that we just read about um, persecution, I would oftentimes think of, you know, that missionary that's overseas, that has an underground church going on, and they're hiding from the authorities, and they're trying to proclaim the message of Jesus, and that's kind of who in my brain, you know, they're, we're talking about when Jesus talks about being persecuted because of righteousness' sake. Because, for example, in our country right now, we're sitting in this sanctuary with, with freedom to be able to worship and be together. And there's other parts of the world, as many of you know, where that's not the case. And so a lot of times I would put, my, put myself in this category and thinking, well, how is this relevant specifically to me? Because I'm not facing that type of persecution. I mean, I'm called, and as believers, we're called to pray for missionaries and people who are overseas that are, that are suffering in ways that we can't even imagine. And so I'm called to pray for them, but, but am, I, am I facing that same kind of persecution? But as you study what this is talking about, it's not just talking about, you know, a specific kind of persecution in a certain part of the world. It's talking about any time that we try to do the right thing, the godly thing, and we're persecuted or insulted or thought less of, you know, because of that. So not only is it the missionary, but it's the teenager that values their purity over the pressure that their boyfriend or girlfriend is giving them. And Jesus says that when you are pressured in that way, just giving you a really specific example, and you say no because of your faith in Christ, Jesus calls you blessed. Let's bring it home today for some of us, right? It's the employee that won't lie for their employer because they follow Jesus, but then they're mistreated because they won't lie. 
and Jesus calls you blessed. It's the family member who faces opposition from the rest of their family because they won't participate in the things that go against what Jesus would have them to do. I was just talking with someone a while back, and, and this person said, you know, when I'm with all my family, they're constantly co- asking me to compromise my belief, and they even kind of tease me about it. That's a form of persecution. I mean, I could keep painting scenarios here, but Jesus is talking about this very thing when he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely, say that with me, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He says, when that happens, rejoice and be glad. Man, that is, I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to be real today. I mean, that's God's word, and that's what I'm called to to talk about. That's what we're called to follow and to chew on and to wrestle with today. But those are hard things, aren't they? Rejoice and be glad when you identify with Christ in his suffering. Can you imagine not only this us group, you know, this group here, we're talking about this. Imagine these people that are sitting there listening to Jesus on the hillside that day as he's talking about this. And it's just blowing their mind. I wondered what the word persecute means. So I looked it up in one of those smart books. You know, in the old in the New Testament, things were translated from the Greek. So the word persecute means dioko in uh, Greek. And it means to to pursue, to persecute, to systematically oppress and harass a person or a group. Has anybody ever been chased before or pursued? You know, you're on the playground and somebody is chasing you. Yeah, some of our kids are raising their hand. You know what it's like to be chased? Yep. You know what it's like to be chased? Or maybe you've been driving and somebody gets road rage and like, oh, they're serious. You know, and they start tailgating you. I've lost my keys before and I've been late for an appointment and I'm pursuing, seeking all over the house, looking to try to find the keys. Scripture says in Ephesians that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking or pursuing, chasing us to devour. We understand what this means. So when Jesus is talking about being persecuted, blessed are those who are persecuted, he's talking about blessed are those who are being pursued by the enemy. Blessed are those who are being persecuted and oppressed and harassed for doing the right thing. And can I tell you today, we live in a culture now where people are trying to censor what the church has to say, more importantly, what God's word has to say. You can't say that. You can't do that. You can't believe that. And if you do, you're going to be judged and ostracized for it. Here's what the dictionary says. To harass or punish in a manner designed to, let's read these words, injure, grieve, or afflict specifically. It says to cause, to suffer because of what? Well, Webster's Dictionary says because of belief, but my Bible says because of my belief in Jesus. To annoy with persistent or urgent approaches such as attacks, pleas, or importunities, pester. Matthew Henry commentary says, those who are persecuted because of righteousness are what? And what? Content. 
Because when we are as followers of Christ, God's word tells us that our strength doesn't come from everyone liking us. Can I just tell you today, for the people pleasers in the room, I put myself in that category. The goal of life is not to have everybody like you and affirm you and accept you. The goal of life is to worship and honor God with everything that we do. And when our strength and our help comes from him, we can be content even in the face of persecution. He says this is the greatest paradox of all, true Christianity. He goes on to list what it means. He says they're insulted and have all kinds of evil said against them falsely. All this is because of righteousness, because of me. In other words, what he's saying is, is, hey, listen, don't be offended. The reason they're not talking to you is because of me. The reason that they're, that they're mocking you, Jesus says, is because of me. The reason that, that there's an issue there is because of me. So there's three reminders this morning that I don't think I'm going to blow anybody's brain with these, but they're, they're things that we need to be reminded of today. And I just talked about it. The blessing Remember, blessed are those who are persecuted. The blessing isn't for facing persecution. I mean, how many of us kind of feel persecuted because gas prices keep going up and up and up, right? I mean, like, we feel persecuted by that. We feel, like, oppressed. But the reality is that's not the type of persecution that the, that's God's Word's talking about. The blessing isn't for facing persecution. Let's read it. It is for facing persecution because of Christ and his righteousness. The Amplified Version says, because of your association with me. So this type of persecution is because of Jesus, because of me. I love this. Listen to this. I know we're spending a lot of time talking about this, but this is so important. He says, it's not the suffering, but the what? What, what is it? It's not the suffering, but the cause, right? You think of two people on either side of a road that are picking up trash. One's doing it because they have to. One's doing it because they want to, right? It's the cause. Those that suffer because of righteousness who suffer for doing that which is good. Reminder number two, Jesus didn't reject persecution. He endured persecution. Now, why does that matter? The truth is this morning that, that as followers of Jesus, if you're new this morning and you're trying to figure out where, what you think about church and what you think about God, then I realize that that's where you're at. But if you're a follower this morning, even if you're online or here, you're a follower this morning, you say, hey, you know, I follow Christ. And as a follower of Christ, we need to understand that if we're following him, then we're following his ways, right? And Jesus didn't promise if we follow him, we're not going to face hard, tough stuff. In fact, not only does he ask us to endure it, but he endured it. He didn't reject it. He endured it. Listen to this passage of scripture in Hebrews Let us fix our eyes on who? 
on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now listen to this. Consider him, Jesus, who, who endured such an opposition from sinful man. This is good. He did all of this. So that when a teenage boy or a teenage girl is getting pressured to do the wrong thing, they will not grow weary and lose heart. When the employee that won't lie for the company because they follow Jesus and then is mistreated because of it will not grow weary and lose heart. For the family member who, will not, who faces opposition from the rest of the family or friends or whoever because they will not budge when it comes to something God has called them to do, I died so that they will not grow weary and lose heart. Those are just a few examples, but obviously there are so many more. Today, Jesus endured so that we could endure. Jesus endured so that we can endure. Say that with me. Jesus endured so that we can endure. Because the reality is this morning, somebody in here right now, and I don't know who it is, or online, I don't know who they are, you're enduring right now. You are enduring something. And if you're enduring it in the name of Christ, Jesus says, do not grow tired and weary of doing good. For at the proper time, you will receive a harvest if you do not give up. See, because Christ endured persecution, we as followers can do the same through his strength. Amen? Through his strength. I'll be honest with you today. If I was going to pick a message out to talk about, this wouldn't be it. Persecution. Hey, let's talk about suffering. Let's talk about trials. But man, Jesus thought so much of it that one of his most important messages, he hits it in front and center. Listen to this passage of scripture as we think about facing persecution or suffering or trials. May this be an encouragement to you today. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Say that with me. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Here's another thought today. Where persecu when persecution comes, Scripture says, rejoice and be glad. Let's read that. When persecution comes, rejoice and be glad. In fact, remember, we just talked about it. He says to rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Man, that, that's hard to, to think about today. To get to a place where we rejoice I mean, it doesn't say tolerate, right? I'm just, we're just talking about what God's word says. It doesn't say tolerate. It doesn't say endure as it relates to, to when you're dealing with this. It says to rejoice and be glad. Jesus says, because great is your reward in heaven. Can I tell you today, we're not living for this life. In fact, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes that this life, it, it, it's meaningless. Everything is, is meaningless without God. 
So a question I have not for you, but for me, and maybe you have this question for you is, can I, God, show me how to rejoice when I face suffering and trial, maybe even forms of persecution for your name's sake? James tells us, consider it pure joy, family of God. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, because he's like reminding him, like, I've taught you this, you've heard it from other people, you know, you know that the testing of your faith produces something. It produces cowardly, no, it didn't say that, it says it produces what? Well, that's just great. In other words, that God is doing something. Can I just tell you this this morning? For somebody who's going through a trial on behalf of Jesus, you, you, or you're holding to a principle that God's, you know, maybe you're in a marriage where you're the only one that's trying. Maybe you're, you're in a situation where you're the only one that's trying to do what God would want you to do, and you're weak, and you're tired, and you're weary, and you're struggling this morning. Can I tell you that God is not only hearing your prayer, but he's developing something in you. His likeness. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? Mature? Did you know this morning that what Christ wants to do with us is to bring about a maturity and a completeness in us so that we won't lack anything? I mean, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but his spirit in us is perfect. And his desire for you and I is to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So that makes me think that persecution and trials and suffering all have the opportunity, opportunity to produce spiritual growth in us. We say the word opportunity because we're, when we go through, let me just say this this morning, when we go through trials and persecution, it brings us to an intersection. In fact, let me just make this really real for you today. I realize it's Father's Day, and when are we going to get out of here, and we got something to do next, and all of that today. But I just want to ask you something. What's something hard that you're going through or you've gone through? Or if you can't think of anything that you know somebody else has gone through. I want you to think about that for just a minute. Some of you know exactly what it is, because it's front and center in your life right now. Persecution, trial, and suffering all have the opportunity to produce spiritual growth, but it also has the opportunity to produce bitterness and anger and hurt and resentment or fear. I mean, we could just keep going, right? But Jesus died so that we would have the opportunity to walk with him and he could produce spiritual maturity and growth in us if we trust in him rather than our impulses and what our human nature is thinking about it. So as the band comes up this morning, I just, short, quick message today because that's what, that's what it means. I'm not gonna just sit up here and keep talking when that's what it means. That's what Jesus said. That's what he was getting at. So it leads to a question today. Are you enduring 
persecution on Christ's behalf? Or are you running from persecution on Christ's behalf? So you want to know a scripture that just has... I learned this scripture here on the screen when I was... I did quizzing as a kid, one, I think one year, and we had to memorize this scripture. And I just have thought about this a lot over the years. When I run from suffering and I run from the things that God's asking me to maybe endure or walk through, I'm not being what God's called me to be. Are you, in, are you ashamed of the gospel? Listen to this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For I am not ashamed. I got to thinking about that. My oldest son's name is Noah. Imagine if Noah and I were somewhere and somebody came up to me and said, hey, that's your son Noah, right? And I was like, well, this group wouldn't socially accept that, I, that Noah's my son, so... No, he's not my son. I don't know him. And then I'm with another group, and I'm like, okay, it's safe. They don't care that Noah's my son, so yes, Noah's my son. That's a dumb, dumb illustration this morning. Who would do that? But can I tell you this morning, to a larger degree, as if we're a follower of Christ, but then we pretend that we don't know Christ and we don't act like he would want us to, to act and to be around other people, then in a sense, it's like we're ashamed of who he is and what he's calling us to. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Let's finish it. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I want to just say this and then I'll then we can stand and go into worship is there an area in your life that God is calling you to be bold to stand up maybe to say no to something or to say yes to something or to live out your faith in some way and God's been telling you this and telling you this and you just continue to sit in the background what would happen this morning if you would begin to say yes to God? No matter what, no matter who's watching, no matter the cost, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, was resurrected on the third day so that you and I could live for him, through him, through him. Let's stand together this morning.